0: Welcome to Countersign. In these podcasts I discuss books, films and other materials with their authors and creators. This is the second series of Countersign. You can catch up on series one wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting countersignisapodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We welcome your feedback. More details at countersignisapodcast.com. Nishanian's book the historiographic perversion concerns the extermination of Armenians during the Ottoman Empire in 1915 and the years that followed this is a deeply philosophical book that at its core asks the question of what a genocide as an event will be grounded on in terms of its facticity and truth The opening provocation of the book is contained in the following words and I quote Genocide is not a fact Genocide is not a fact because it is the very destruction of the fact of the notion of fact of the factuality of fact In what sense can a genocide fail to be a fact? First, in its crudest terms A genocide is subject to denial and negation. And it is precisely this that took place in France in the 1990s when prominent historians uh, were willing to acknowledge and admit that there were massacres and mass killings uh, of the Armenians during the Ottoman Empire, but not an event worthy of the appellation genocide. This denial is common to other contexts as well. I'm thinking, for instance, of the stolen generation in Australia, uh, the systematic removal of Aboriginal children from their parents, and the refusal of Australia as a state to acknowledge that this was a genocide. Of course, any comparison of one genocide to another takes us to the heart of the problem, and the fact that in Leotard's words with Auschwitz something new happened in history something that is a sign and not a fact with Auschwitz as the emblematic sign of a genocide what will other genocides be grounded on will it be a truth established by historians or by law or the memory of survivors or indeed is it the case that each of these categories present the problem of representation the impossibility of representing the event of a genocide one of the extraordinary insights uh, that Mark Nishanian brings to this problem is that the impossibility of representation which I have just described is linked very closely to what Nishanian terms the destitution of the fact. That is to say, the fact that the fact itself is destroyed by the genocidal will. Understanding the nature of the genocidal will is absolutely crucial. So it is not enough to understand genocide as a crime constituted by a particular intention and so on and so forth. But one has to understand that the genocidal will involves destroying the fact of the destruction. The role of the archive and historians is crucial here because as Nishanian um, explains it, genocide is enabled by the gathering of an archive, the amassing of supposedly objective material and data, that is able to uh, legitimize particular kinds of um, actions, um, murders and exterminations as being part of a process of war, of transportation, of famine. So without the archive there is no genocide. What is then to be done with the crisis of representation in relation to genocide? Is the answer to be found in literature or in art? Nishanian takes us to a profound insight, that which is grounded in the shame of having to testify again and again, to prove, to bring proof again and again that historians, keep demanding proof, and so the utter refusal to testify again and again, that, he says, is the condition of the Absolute Survivor. Mark Nishanian, uh, welcome to Countersign. I'm honoured that uh, you have joined uh, me to discuss your extremely uh, provocative and influential book, The Historiographical Perversion. Um, I have read this book uh, many times in reading groups. Uh, It has travelled with me and it has informed my own work, so I'm delighted to be in conversation with you. And I thought uh, it would be useful to begin by... Uh, talking about the uh, negation of the extermination of Armenians uh, that uh, uh, has provoked uh, your life's work, uh, the extermination of Armenians in 1915 and uh, uh, the years that followed, and the later negation and denial of this event. It is in response to this that at the beginning of the book uh, you say, genocide is not a fact. Genocide is a destruction of the fact. Uh, So this has been an extremely provocative uh, philosophical reflection on the history of the event of the extermination and the catastrophe. And you say that it has taken almost an entire life for you to write these words. Uh, So I would like you to begin by saying a little bit about that peripatetic scholarly life and your response to this uh, problem of negationism.
1: I'll try. Thank you for the invitation, Stewart. Uh I liked your word, uh, peripatetic. I'm, I'm not sure. And I, I, I will tell you a few words. I was born in France, as maybe you know, uh, I defended a PhD in philosophy. When was that? Uh, 1979, 1980. Uh, uh, I was at that time already teaching in the university in Strasbourg. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, a student with uh, Jean-Luc Nancy. It's with him that I did my PhD, but also Philippe Lacoulabart and so on. At that time, uh, it was... Uh, uh, Very, how should I say, rich intellectual life, maybe, in Strasbourg, thanks to uh, La Koula and Nancy. Uh, After 1980, I was two years in Jerusalem. I began to teach philosophy at the Armenian seminary in Jerusalem. I also learned Hebrew. Uh, Then I was again in uh, Strasbourg, Uh, I began to teach uh, in the United States, uh, first UCLA, then Columbia University in New York uh, in 1995, Uh, and after 11 years in uh, New York, and after 2007, I was a few years, uh, you know, one semester every year in Istanbul, Sabanji University, in a department called um, Cultural Studies, where my teaching was more philosophical. In New York, it was the Department of uh, Middle East, and I was a professor of uh, Armenian Studies, let's say, something like that. Uh, this is The paripatetic Life. Uh, yes. Uh, the, about the book, because uh, we are going to speak about historiographic perversion. It was a book, uh, you know, uh, first written in French. Probably I will tell you a bit about the circumstances. Yes. Uh, and uh, first written in French, uh, translated into English by Gilan uh, mm-hmm. Probably two thousand nine, the uh, year of publication in the the, of the yes, English version. Yes, right. uh, The book in French was written in uh, at different moments, I would say, of my life, and it's not a book, uh, you know, written in one one uh, shot. Let's say. Yes. Uh, uh, because uh, it took me time still to understand what was happening it would it took me time to understand the uh, the thing itself, the perversion uh, after so many years of uh, uh, state denial uh, hesitation on the facts and uh, qualification of the facts and so on the then uh, the the first chapter was written in 1994-95, uh, uh, immediately after the the trial of Bernard Lewis, because he was called to uh, a tribunal in 1995 for his uh, uh, declarations, denialist declarations, huh, very clearly. Uh, yes. uh, concerning the uh, so-called Armenian Genocide. Uh second chapter and the second moment uh, was uh, 1999, again in France, and again uh, it was this time uh, what was called the Weinstein Affair. Once mm-hmm. Weinstein was, uh, you know... Um, Specialist, a very good specialist of uh, Ottoman studies, and uh, he uh, was uh, candidating for a position at the prestigious Collège de France. And uh, at that time, uh, you know, people uh, discovered a denialist, uh, clearly a denialist article that he had written in 1994 in defense Mm -hmm. of. Bernard Lewis, and then there was a campaign and uh, against for him with petitions. The whole uh, French uh, scholarly, let's say, uh, corporation, uh, yes, signed uh, petitions uh, defending uh, or protecting him. No, the third one, of course, uh, will come back to this. Of course, is my I need the long, uh, uh, you know, brooding. On the, the book uh, published in 1991, uh, how was it called? Uh, Probing the Limits of Representation, and uh, uh, around the, the Holocaust, and uh, uh, where Hayden White was invited to, uh, to defend himself, in fact, mm-hmm. and that was the third chapter. Okay, that's the historiographic perversion and that's my pa- peripatetic life. Uh, yes, here no, that's,
0: uh, that is, uh, that is a, um, an excellent sort of summary of um, some of the key events that yes. have provoked this yeah. reflection. And uh, it's I- indeed uh, very useful to go back to uh, that moment also, uh, the fertile philosophical context uh around uh, Philippe lecoult and Jean-Luc Nancy, uh, and also many discussions with uh, Jean-Francois Lyotard and the question of representation in relation to the Holocaust, uh, which, um, uh, which is part of the uh, philosoph- philosophical setting from which you take up the question of uh, negationism. So there is this uh, uh, set of uh, comments and declarations by Leotard about the emblematic nature of the of the
1: name of the name of the name, of of the of the it, name Auschwitz, yeah, exactly. The name Auschwitz,
0: precisely. Yeah. And so um, this uh, the name Auschwitz is presented um, as a sign and not a fact um and this 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 emblematic characterization the emblematic representation as distinct from the generic uh term genocide and this uh, this uh, distinction if you like is one that you bring to bear in in think in in thinking about the the question of representing uh the, the event of an extermination of a people
1: okay uh, you know, this uh, difference between uh, the name Auschwitz as the name of an event or the name of a sign, mm-hmm. uh, it is difficult to explain. It's uh, it's part of the uh, philosophical and I would say Kantian vocabulary of Lyotard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, First, let's say the following: uh, Leotard's book in French, *Le Différent*. Uh, it was published in 1974, very early, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, 2 three—it was three years before the publication of the book. Uh, there was a, a colloquium, uh, *The Ends of Man*, organized mm-hmm. precisely by my professors of philosophy, where he uh, he. Um, he spoke for the first time on these questions of uh, negationism, uh, which means denialism. Huh? The mm-hmm. French word is negationism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for the first time, probably he explained the, the, uh, the, 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 the event as the destruction of the fact. That's his words. Huh? Very clearly, it's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, only mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. extraordinary and I will quote it's before my eyes uh, Lyotard in fact Lyotard cited by Ginsburg. I will tell you that probably mm-hmm. later just let me quote a few lines uh, it's from Lyotard the facts uh, the testimonies which bore the traces of years and nows the documents which indicated the sense or senses of the facts, and the names finally the possibility of various kinds of phrases with conjunction makes reality. All this has been destroyed as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Then he asks, is is it up to the historian to take into account not only the damages, but also the wrong, not only the reality, but also the meta reality that is the destruction of reality, not only the testimony, but also what is left of the testimony when it is destroyed. then it's this extraordinary expression by Lyotard, meta-reality. Rea- meta it's, it's the same in French, la meta-realité. Meta-reality, that is the destruction of reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also speaks, you know, of an earthquake that uh, destroyed uh, uh, precisely uh, the, the archive. Maybe we'll, you, we'll uh, come back to this word, the archive. Yes. Huh? Uh, yes. Uh, He was the first one, Lyotard, to begin to uh, reflect on this question. That's number one. Number two, uh, um, the other author who made a lot in order to, um, how should I say, in order to to understand and to explain to us that there is something else to say about testimony than using testimony for documenting the facts. That's, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, Giorgio Agamben, in his mm-hmm. book, uh, which is also for me an extraordinary book, published in 1999. Then uh, uh, 20. This is years remnants
0: of Auschwitz. Uh, remnants of Auschwitz. Exactly. Yes. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Then that's uh, the my references probably mm-hmm. and and my mm-hmm. third important reference as you know he's the hero of my book that's Hayden White and we'll yes. say a few words probably about him a bit later but yes. tell me first, let me first say that uh you used in your question that a uh, few minutes ago the word representation huh uh, i don't yes. remember exactly your formulation but uh steward there is uh How should I say a distinction to be made uh, between, and this distinction is is uh, essential probably between the what I call the destitution of the fact, the 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 fact that the fact is destroyed by the genocidal will, and then distinction between that and. And the impossibility of representation, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. why should we do a distinction just in order to understand the essential link between the one and the other its yes, it's through the impossibility of representation that in some way we can understand what the catastrophe is, which also means what the genocidal will is. But these are two different things. The uh, at first, let's say, first glance, the 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 fact that the what what we call genocide or the the catastrophe, the effect of this genocidal will, uh, will to uh, what it will is to destroy the fact as such. That the facts in the plural, the fact as such, it's a, a philosophical uh, endeavor, huh? to destroy the fact Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. such. And uh, the Mm -hmm. executioners, the perpetrators, they were philosophers, Stewart. They knew better than everyone what it meant to destroy the fact as such. And on the other side, the interdiction the forbidding of representation, which is related to it, which is another aspect of the same question, but they have to be distinguished in order to understand the relation between the one and the other. Do I am I understandable is the word?
0: <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. And this is the this is precisely you're putting the finger on the nature of the historiographical perversion, because the 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 uh, historiographical perversion is the repetition of this combination of the destitution of the fact and. the impossibility of representation so in a sense you're, 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 you're also asking the question why do you have to do it again because precisely the uh, uh-huh. hmm. extermination the destruction uh, is the uh, elimination of the fact the elimination of those who may bear witness to Uh, their own condition and their own existence. This is the destruction. But you repeat the destruction uh, through denial. That's interesting. Uh, First, you
1: know that uh, because you also asked uh, something about the history maybe of the extermination and uh, the history of denial, in fact. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, the extermination itself, it was in 1915, uh, 1916, Ottoman Empire, uh, not Turkey yet, eh? Ottoman Empire. And yes, so Ottoman on. Yes. And um, it's not the place maybe to uh, say anything more about that, but, uh, uh, you know, it coincided with the transformation of the empire into uh, a nation state. Huh? Yes, And, uh, of course, uh, I'm not sure that that is the, the topic of our discussion, but, of course, we have also to understand what it means, this transformation, what it involves in terms of unifying a country, uh, destroying the differences, uh, and anything like that. Huh?
0: So it's, uh, it's a question of the origin of... What is modern 20th century uh, yeah. of, Turkey? Uh, it's, a, it's an originary moment. You
1: Of course, but it's also, uh, you understand, a revealing moment for what we call a nation state. Because you can be sure that in, all the, in the DNA of all nation states, there is a genocidal will, of course, but not yes. apparent. It, had, it became apparent in the case of the Ottoman Empire because there was a transformation, a passage, and uh, this transformation needed the uh, elimination of all differences, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. And there, the, in the DNA of all nation states, you can be sure there is the genocidal will. That's the topic of another discussion. Mm-hmm. But let me say now, there was and there has been a, a, a constant uh, uh, politics and policy of state denial on the part of of Turkey as a nation state precisely after mm-hmm. 1920 uh, 20, uh and uh, that's the first uh, step uh, should i say the first step of denial the one that we understand very well the perpetrator denies his own uh, uh actions uh, and so on okay mm-hmm. uh and uh, There is a relay uh, in scholarly, uh, again, corporation uh, among uh, some historians. Uh, At that time, uh, it was not uh, generalized, uh, mainly specialists of the Ottoman Empire who (laughs) were relaying the the state denial uh, within their own sphere uh, then uh, that's the first step, the first level of denial. It didn't happen. It was not a genocide, and so on. And you don't forget, uh, Stewart, that uh, the, the word genocide was invented after the Second, or within, yes. uh, during the Second World War, by Lemkin. And Lemkin, mm-hmm. uh, among others, of course, uh, uh, referred to because he was aware of the 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 Armenian, uh, what is to be called now the Armenian Genocide, of course, but we call it the Armenian Genocide because Lemkin was referring to it when he invented mm-hmm. the word in 1942 or 46, and so on, so on. Okay, the, the, the next step of uh, denial is much more subtle than this one, and uh, that's why uh, we needed such a long time in order to understand what was happening. It's not the denial of the facts uh, anymore. Uh, it's something much more subtle than that. It's uh, and it became uh, obvious when, uh, maybe in France, precisely with the, the trial uh, against uh, Bernard Lewis, uh, the historians uh, as a corporation this time. Mm-hmm they uh, wanted to have the last word about uh, qualification of the event, Mm -hmm. which also means, and this is maybe this passage different, is difficult to understand, which also means the reality of the event. Mm -hmm. And we needed to understand that the debate around the qualification of the event uh, implied, in fact, a hidden, debate about the reality of the event as genocide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was difficult to understand, uh, uh, Stuart, very difficult to understand. What mm-hmm. were they defending, these historians? Why they es- were they hesitating? Why they were debating around the qualification and the reality? What was their interest as historians, precisely? And mm-hmm. It, it seems that they were defending history against against every other external um, instance. I would I should say uh, that could decide instead of uh, history or the historians themselves. And yes, you, you I mean
0: that's a that's an important point. If I if I might just interject, of course, so, of course. So the because the, the, precisely there's a question of motivation here. Why? What is motivating? the historian, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that is a, is a very difficult question. Yeah. But on the surface, at least, in the context of the dispute, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, on the surface, it it becomes a question of whether it is historiography yeah. or law yeah. that yeah. decides yeah. on the fact of an event. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, I, I prepared, uh, because I prepared myself for this uh, discussion with you I yes. prepared uh, a quote that mm-hmm. I put at the beginning of my file full of quotes yes. and I even uh, it's a quote in French and I even asked my friend Gil Anijar to translate that for me <laughs> into English <laughs> uh, Thank you. we are in uh, 2012
0: yes And
1: uh, yes, we are in 2012, Uh, then uh, it needs an introduction. Mm -hmm. Uh, The book, The Historiatic Perversion, was uh, published in French in 2005. Um, The debates in France uh, around the official recognition of the Armenian genocide, uh, uh, by the way, uh, almost always uh, the so-called Armenian genocide huh?
0: yes the yes.
1: debate uh, in France took place uh, between uh, 1995 and uh, 2012 in uh, with different uh, moments uh, all of them unpleasant moments of course mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, there was first in 1998 uh, parliament decision, let's say uh, uh, mm-hmm. recognizing but it was not official it became official in 2001 in 2001, the French parliament edicted a law, a law, with one phrase, the Armenian people were subject to a genocide in 1919, uh, in 1915 mm-hmm. in, uh, in the Ottoman Empire something like that yes. uh, that's 2001 huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, after that The Armenians, uh, French Armenians, wanted, because that one phrase uh, is is useless, in fact. It's uh, (laughs) an official recognition. So what? Uh, Then they wanted uh, one more step uh, on the part of the French state. They wanted a law that, uh, how should I say, prohibits or forbids any uh, denialist or penalizes or would penalize any denialist formulation. 2008, that was the first move towards such a, a, a new law. And you know mm-hmm. that such a law exists in France. Uh, it's new also, uh, end of the, uh, in the 90s, uh, which is called la loi Gesso, the Gesso law, uh, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Uh, is a law that penalizes I don't know if in English I should say penalize this. Penalizes the. It's uh, so it, it prohibits,
0: so it it makes it unlawful. It,
1: yeah. Yes, unlawful any and also uh, forces uh, 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 punishment for any yes. uh, any denialist uh, uh, account of uh, mm-hmm. the events during second uh, the second uh, uh, World War. Okay, uh, yes. and uh, then. Uh, probably the Armenians in France wanted a similar law for the Armenian genocide. And Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, in 2008, for the first time when it came before the parliament, there was an immense movement on the part of the historians uh, uh, in order to counter that that, that, uh, possible uh, law. Uh, and uh, the creation of uh, uh, a committee of historians, uh, an association called Liberté pour l'histoire, Liberty for History. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was in 2008. The law didn't pass in 2008. It it came again on the 4 in 2012. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, at that time in 2012, it was voted by the parliament such a law, analogous Mm -hmm. to the Gesso law, for the Second World War, and mm-hmm. this time for the Armenians. And uh, as, again, maybe you know, uh, the same uh, school of historians, and not only historians, uh, opposed the law, of course. It was voted nonetheless by the parliament, but it mm-hmm. was invalidated by the uh, In French, it's called le Conseil Constitutionnel, Constitutional Mm -hmm. Council, which is a sort of Supreme Court, you know, in -hmm. France. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it it doesn't exist now as a law because it was invalidated in 2012. And now, after that introduction, I read you uh, uh, a few words by uh, Plenel, who is an influential French journalist, and who explains to us why it should not become a law. And Mm -hmm. then I read Mm -hmm. Yes, It is one thing to ask that, out of concern for reparation or for recognition, an official statement carry in our collective memory the crimes committed against the ancestors of, the, of a segment of the national community, thus for the enslavement of Africans, the genocide of the Jews, and the genocide of the Armenians. It is mm-hmm. another thing to transform this legitimate request into official history, instituted by political representatives and protected by ju- judges. Mm-hmm. First paragraph. Second paragraph. In the case of the Armenian genocide, this dreadful change of register in which the burden of memory turned into the dogma of history, wow, which words, huh? is accompanied mm-hmm. by a dangerous geopolitical displacement for which the righteous Armenian cause is the pretext, thus instrumentalized to serve a bad cause, for no one will have failed to notice that the enslavement of Africans and the genocide of the Jews concern our national history, whereas mm-hmm. the massacre of the Armenians was perpetrated by Turkey, a foreign state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's extraordinary.
0: Yes. And the uh, last
1: third paragraph, it is obvious that we, the French, are concerned with the Armenian genocide, but does such a statement of good or well-meaning humanity authorize us to give a lesson to other nations and other peoples with regard to their own history, to legislate in their stead, to sanction in their name? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Stewart, uh, yes. this is, in a nutshell, the mm-hmm. arguments mm-hmm. that you understand that there is, as Freud would say, the argument of the kettle. Huh? The first paragraph being that uh, uh, the the events have to be uh, adjudicated by uh, history, not by the law. Second mm-hmm. paragraph being that uh, uh, it was in Turkey, it was not in France, we are not concerned. And the mm-hmm. third paragraph is that we are not going to... Uh, to sanction uh, uh, something that happened elsewhere, not in France, and so on, so on. It's extraordinary, this uh, series of arguments. It's, in a nutshell, what has been repeated again and again in 2012 in order to invalidate the possibility of having a law uh, against the denial of uh, the genocide. Huh? A-, a crime against humanity, Stewart. Mm-hmm. it 's not a national crime, it concerns humanity precisely, yes. and that 's yes. why this argument that uh, oh it was in Turkey, it was not in france it doesn 't uh, we do not need to 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 uh, adjudicate or to 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 uh, uh, edict a law for that uh, that was a shameful argument uh, mm-hmm. Stuart, shameful, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was repeated by the best historians, by the best uh, uh, advocates of him, um, uh, yeah. and the main one was uh, Robert Badinter, who you know is a well-known figure in France, uh, and so on. Uh, this, what I have read here, uh, repeated the arguments of Robert Badinter. In
0: fact, yeah, I mean it in a sense that uh, passages that you've just read and the, and the wonderful summary of the issue that uh, you've just given. Uh, takes us to the heart of this question of what is history for? You know, what is history if it is not about uh, uh, creating the space for the past to be um, understood and experienced in a particular way? And it seems to be that is what's at stake—a monopoly, uh, a monopoly that the historians wish to have on. Uh, the distribution of facts, if I can put it like that.
1: You know, Stewart, you were asking, uh, before I read this passage, uh, you were asking, what is their interest? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I say this once uh, in the book. Huh? Uh, Stewart, I do not understand their interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That's a mystery for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, is mm-hmm. it the defense of history? Is it uh, the total incomprehension of what a crime against humanity is mm-hmm. uh is it the 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 will to uh to to repeat again and again that it's precisely it's not a crime against humanity mm-hmm. uh I I do not understand I do not know
0: I do not yeah. have
1: the answer <laughs> you know uh
0: the the, the I suppose p- partly because this this denialism uh this negation is uh repeated in many other contexts just recently a few weeks ago the ah. Australian uh, the Australian prime minister on what uh, indigenous uh, Australians call invasion day but Australians want to refer to as Australia day. It is the uh. twenty sixth of January, the day on which uh, the uh, British arrived to uh, c- uh, colonize and uh, uh, invade um, Australia in seventeen eighty eight uh, uh, yes. the The Australian Prime Minister uh, said uh, to to the nation, well, of course these these convicts who who came." you know, they, it wasn't such a great time for them either, you know. So this was uh, a sort of equivalence, drawing an equivalence between uh, the beginning of a, uh, uh, ge- a genocidal process of settling yeah. uh, and invading a territory yeah. with the experience of convicts being transported, the past uh, that uh, the historians and the politicians which wish to uh, have control over has a purchase in the present yeah that is the yeah. that that has to be part of what uh, must be going on here uh, the way in which these past events as you were saying in relation to the turkish state for example that is the originary moment and and so there is a denial actually of the genocide that is at the originary moment of the turkish state of course. Uh, and so it is this it is this past reaching in Reaching into the present and being so alive in the present.
1: First, let me connect with this. uh, What we said, uh, you said at the very end. uh, In 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 the case of what I call the the genocidal will, in the case of uh, what we call genocide in this twentieth century, it's pretentious, but I I would I I would say uh, we have to understand that the crime is not only if it was not enough Uh, uh, destroying lives uh, exterminating it's destroying the fact that I am destroying Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then the denial that's why you said originally the denial is within the act itself Mm -hmm, The, mm the real act in fact is and I, and it were, if it were a fact i would say the real fact but it's not mm-hmm. the real yeah. act is this uh this uh destruction of what i am doing uh, in in the moment when when i am doing it the mm-hmm. the real act is this this the, what I, I called at the beginning of the book the destruction of the fact that's why i'm saying that it's uh, philosophical. Huh? And this yes. is also why uh, it has to be understood, not, of course, not historically, uh, but philosophically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, that's why it's, it's, it's constantly repeated, in fact. Uh, it's not uh, the originary act. Uh, it's uh, because it's the essence of the, the event. And it, mm-hmm. it, it comes back again and again. Mm -hmm. Uh, in different forms, in the discourse of historians and the denialist discourse. Crimes against humanity. Yes, I understand. I am trying trying to to connect the past and the present.
0: I I think I wanted to connect this point to the problem of the archive and indeed what I think you're referring to here, the ongoing effacing of testimony that is so, um, so central to sustaining the, um, the violence of the archive, if you like, that, that, that there, is a, there is a violence in the archival process, in the process of archiving. And it is the historians that, of course, set themselves up as the custodians, uh, the protectors, uh, the administrators of the archive and so this problem of archi- of the archive and of testimony is um a manifestation of the genocidal will uh then before coming to this
1: question of the archive which is uh an important and difficult question uh let me say let me come back one second to the mm-hmm. to the uh Crime Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's something that I explain in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, Anna Arendt, uh, yes. Aishman in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was distinguishing the expulsion, annihilation. That's her, that are her, uh, these are her words. Annihilation mm-hmm. of entire population as inhuman acts yeah. from the same acts as crimes against humanity. And the distinction is what is the distinction is the following inhuman acts where those acts that would be explained by reasons belonging to the human realm, colonization, homogenization and uh, unification of a territory and so on. And you understand that slavery and also the example of Australia is a part of this, mm-hmm. uh, of this, uh, what, how would you, that you call that uh, the inhuman? Inhuman acts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, crimes against humanity, she says, I'm quoting, were those acts of which motive and aim are without precedent, Mm -hmm. uh, which means, first of all, that no existing human logic could explain them. Then uh, Mm -hmm. they are not motivated, the crimes Mm -hmm. against humanity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then. it's a paradox, of course, because if they are not motivated, they have no sense. And it's the absence of sense that, uh, that, that, uh, that makes the motive, the, no, yes. the, the, not the motive, the, the, the absence of intent, of reason, of motive that makes sense of the event, at which makes the event what she calls crime against humanity. And mm-hmm. what I am explaining in the book is that that's a very powerful uh, logical matrix. That is informing, uh, in fact, all the reflection on the uh, on denialism, uh, testimony, uh, and so on. This mm-hmm. difference between the crimes against humanity and uh, inhuman acts. Crime, um, crimes against humanity being the crimes that have no reason, no motive, uh, no mm-hmm. s- sense. In fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, uh, that was what I wanted to add.
0: Now, mm-hmm. let mm-hmm.
1: me come one second to this question of the archive. I'm, uh, I re- I'm repeating in the book uh, several times that uh, there, are, there are genocides only in the 20th century. Why? Mm-hmm. Because in order for a genocide to happen, which means, what is a genocide? It's a crime without truth. Ha-ha. Mm-hmm. I, I have to explain that. A crime yes. without truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means a crime that cannot be, at first glance, cannot be uh, ex- explained by, uh, uh, let's say, historical reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there are crimes only in the 20th century because these genocidal crimes are informed by what, by what now we call archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the, then the, the, the genocidal perpetrators they knew better than others what an archive was, and what they were doing was to to destroy the possibility of the archive and what is an archive? I will give you uh, uh, let's say again a uh, philosophical uh, definition. The archive is uh, what contains the condition of possibility for a fact. become a fact Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you are uh, at the same time destroying the possibility for for becoming a fact of what you you are doing this Mm -hmm, is a mm -hmm. very perverse and very efficient uh, action Mm -hmm. Uh, okay Uh, but at the same time you see uh, there is what we call testimony And uh, the two have to be related, of course, the archive and testimony. Why? Because, uh, and that's the new meaning of testimony. And that's Mm -hmm. this new meaning of testimony. It's something that uh, happened before our own eyes in the last 30 years. The meaning of the word testimony changed radically. And that's why there was, there has been a constant reflection on testimony on the part of the philosophers, beginning by Lyotard, of course, Agamben, mm-hmm. Derrida himself, and so on, so on. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: And why? Because this time uh, we have to think about of what it means when we say testimony, when it is about uh, an event uh, which is. Uh, uh, at its core, at the beginning, without truth, which means mm-hmm. an event that aims at what? At destroying the witness. In what? Yes. In, in man, precisely. In man, in humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you understand? Destroying yes. the witness yes. in humanity. That's extraordinary. And beginning, when we understand that that's the aim of the perpetrator, then we have to think again. Uh, from the beginning of what it means to, to testify, to bear witness, and so on. And you know the extraordinary um, formulation of Agamben, huh? uh, the, who needed uh, to... Uh, and I think that it's uh, the, 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 the most important reflection on testimony that we have, this book, huh? uh, uh, Remnants of Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's a book where uh, agamben uh, wants to uh, li- liberate to free testimony from its uh, from what from its archival meaning i would say from mm-hmm. its uh, uh, meaning as document let's say mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know its, it's formulation and the the uh, witness is the one who is with, uh, bearing witness about the impossibility of bearing witness precisely yes yeah. so
0: then i think you also wanted to um i think it would be useful to touch on the um on hayden white which you earlier ah, said was hayden the white. hero the hero yes. hayden white is the yes.
1: <laughs> hero uh, but no, not very long uh, uh, Stewart. Uh, hayden white uh, he was the one in the United States. Uh, he was an inspiring figure for me. He mm-hmm. was the one in the United States who, uh, uh, from the beginning, tried to uh, rethink uh, history and to debate with historians uh, about uh, the, the the meaning, the essence uh, of history. And... Um, In uh, it was this article in 1982 where he had the most powerful formulations and at the same time the most ambiguous formulation about the historiography of genocides. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, of course, he understood, he knew that uh, there was something to be interrogated uh, in the relation between. Uh, the genocidal will and the genocidal event and historiography. And he he knew, uh, of course, already that there was uh, what uh, later Derrida would call the crisis of historiography or the perversion of historiography. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. the historiographic perversion, don't forget, that's an expression that comes directly from Derrida.
0: Yes, in The Force of Law, his essay The Force of Law. And then
1: 1982, Hayden White. Uh, he um, uh, he. At the same time, you 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 know, he gave the impression that the it was a question of interpretation: the genocide or not, and so on. And then uh, the interpretation and the reality of about the events is a question of uh, dominant discourse uh, of power, and so on, so on. That's why. He was invited uh, 10 years later by the historians in UCLA uh, at the same colloquium, in fact, where also Derrida had spoken for the first time about his force of law. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I read this somewhere. One day, Derrida told me, but Mark, ce n'était pas uh, Mark, he was not a negationist or a denialist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about Hayden uh, Of course <laughs> not. Of course not. Uh, But that was all the more astonishing that uh, when he tried to uh, question the position and the role uh, played by history, uh, then he was deemed as a a possible negationist by the historians, Mm -hmm. because when you Mm -hmm. question history, of course, Then you question for them the reality of the the event, then the reality of the Holocaust, then you can be maybe a negationist. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. was an Mm -hmm. insulting, uh, uh, excuse me, I do not find the word an insulting uh, uh,
0: condemnation of
1: of Aidan White, of course. Mm
0: -hmm. course, Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted
1: to say about Aidan White. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I think, I mean, the other, just before we leave the issue of testimony, One of the um, people who keeps coming to mind for me when I'm when I'm reading your book is uh, Landsman and uh, Uh, Landsman's film, uh, The Shoah, and the uh, attempt there to to uh, perform testimony, to elicit the performance of testimony without the document. Uh, In in a sense, of course, he creates a certain archive of testimony, Mm -hmm. but an archive that is not of documents, uh, not of documentary footage and films, but of people speaking and recalling. And I think there is this, uh, you know, it's an extremely complex um, relationship between here of memory, the relationship between memory and the reproduction of memory as distinct from um, the 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 archival drive yes. for yes. both uh, documentation and destruction yes. of yes. Uh, of the fact,
1: yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, the this film Shoah for me is a, a, a revolutionary moment, mm-hmm. uh, really revolutionary uh, in our uh, reflection on. Uh, on on testimony, on the event, on history, and so on. Uh, Because uh, for the first time, it uh, explores the limit Mm -hmm. between art and testimony, precisely. Yes. Yes. And uh, which makes... uh, mm, which is an interrogation not only on art, not only on testimony, of course, but also on art itself. What is it? Yes. Uh, it, mm-hmm. uh, it had always a, a, a relation uh, with testimony. It was excluding testimony from itself, fiction and so on, so on. But mm-hmm. but then, no, we have to understand within uh, art or, or film or literature or so on, uh-huh. Uh, but because we cannot explore that elsewhere than within art itself. The limit uh-huh. between art and testimony, that uh-huh. that was Lanzmann's work. And yes. uh, in spite of his um, other mm, doubtful formulations and so on, this is a revolutionary work,
0: yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and also for me, I, 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 I recall... Uh, watching uh, Landsman's show when I was a student yeah. in the in the late 1980s, okay. and it was a, an extremely powerful powerful moment that that uh, started to generate some of my own uh, questions. And I, I think this brings me to the question of art and literature, which is, of course, the subject of the fourth chapter yes. uh, of of your uh, of your book, um, and indeed the fact that. In other parts of your work, you have been reflecting intensely on Armenian literature of um, and literature as, uh, if I can put it like this, a form of testimony, although putting into question the testimonial nature of art and literature. So I wanted you to uh, say something about that.
1: I'm relating this with the question of representation. Mm-hmm. Uh... And also to Lanzmann. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of our conversation, I, I, I thought that we had to distinguish between two things, uh, which were what, which were the erasure of the fact on the part what? of the perpetrator, which is the genocidal will, question of the archive, and so on, and and the question of representation. It's a Mm -hmm. very um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. important distinction and relation between the two. Uh, As you know, maybe, uh, our dear uh, Jean-Luc Nancy, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, in the 90s, uh, wrote an article uh, which has been reprinted in his book The Ground of the Image, yes, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. where he uh, expressed himself against, you know, this rhetoric move telling us that uh, the, we shouldn't have any representation of the Holocaust and so on. It would be uh, sacrilege and uh, things like that. Huh? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the the powerful position of Lanzmann, precisely mm-hmm. which was that in his uh, Shoah, he didn't uh, use any archive he didn't use yes. any uh, fiction he didn't use any uh, recreation of the mm-hmm, uh and it was uh, constantly in the present mm-hmm. uh uh jean luc nancy in this article uh tells us that uh, uh the the in, the forbidding of representation uh, it was addicted edicted in the in the camps which means mm-hmm. for him that it's part of the genocidal event, the forbidding of representation. And mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. we forbid representation now in the present, we are simply redoubling the gesture of the, of the perpetrator. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, that's his argument. Huh? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have to understand better, Stewart, and uh, we will not do that today in our conversation uh, we have to understand better the strong connection between these uh, two parts the erasure of the fact and the forbidding of representation uh, the armenian writers have during the whole of the 20th century they have been confronted to that uh, question how to What to do with the events? What to Mm. do with this uh, uh, foundational event for the uh, Western Armenians? I'll tell you uh, why there is a difference between Eastern and Eastern. Uh, The ones who were uh, deported, exterminated in the Ottoman Empire, and then constituted the diaspora, and then needed Mm -hmm. it for decades and decades, first, to bear witness, second, to uh, to tell, to retell indefinitely and infinitely about what happened to them two, three, four, ten decades ago, and so Mm -hmm. on. And Mm -hmm. constantly confronted with that. Now I'm speaking about Armenian writers. Um, Yes. Are we going to represent? Is it possible to represent? Are we going to use? We need infinitely n- numerous um, uh, testimonies in order to give an account of the entirety of the event, and so on, and so on. and of course, because they were asking themselves this type of question, they were unable to go beyond the uh, the what the the. the, the the documenting aspect of testimony, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time, through the recitation, through the uh, <clears throat> the impossibility of doing any anything with that, anything artistically with uh, with testimony, and reciprocally, I would say, and there they were they were condemned to uh, to sterility. It's very strange, huh? Uh, and it's it's only in the last 30 years when in europe or in the civilized world i would say the meaning of testimony changed that we understood that a, 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 a what a, a reflection on testimony was possible and necessary on the essence on the the nature of testimony was not only necessary but possible within the field and only within the field of art, literature, and so on, that something changed and that uh, uh, a re- a really a real reflection began how, uh, of course, Lanzmann is important. But now I will say a few words about Blanchot. If you- yes,
0: I think the book you were refer to, is it The Writing of the Disaster?
1: Uh, the you mean uh, yeah the Blanchot book? yes, yes. l'ecriture du désastre that's the yeah
0: yes. mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as you uh, if I may if I may also ask you and I know we're we're short of time yes. um, as you move to this I think very important question yes. of representation yes. and art and, yes. and Blanchot is the question of shame
1: ah, 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 the
0: problem of shame ah, ah, ah. because the 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 weight carried the repetition the reiteration that is demanded by mm. the disaster mm. and destruction mm. is 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 carried in the gesture the blush in the face uh, you refer to a gamban uh, yes. uh, important yes. uh, they, they, reference in a gamban yes. to the blush and so uh, this comes from something Deep, deep inside, it is a uh, so you could say okay. So it's a somatic manifestation, uh, the blush, and and the shame that is carried over generations. So I, I wondered, wondered if you could also comment on that as you move to discuss Blanchot.
1: Difficult. Uh, <laughs> you understand that it's difficult to yes. speak about shame. Uh, yes. I'm. Uh, it's in the conclusion of my book uh yes. uh it's uh something that accompanied our lives uh from the beginning and i'm saying uh it's we are we're not ashamed of what we were of what happened. The shame comes when we begin to bear witness, which means mm-hmm. then when we bear witness, we are not speaking to ourselves, we are speaking to others. We are Mm -hmm. asking them to, uh, in French they say, uh, nous les prenons à témoin." We want them to stand as a witness. To what? To what happened to to us. And Mm -hmm. then, which also means that we are doing exactly what the perpetrator wanted us to do. Because Mm -hmm. the perpetrator, Mm -hmm. when he destroyed the fact, within the fact, uh, what he was, the message, to the survivor was constantly, no, from the beginning was prove it if you can prove it, mm. and of course we what we have done for now more than a century is you understand to stand up and to prove it again and again, that shameful steward,
0: yes. and
1: I was always constantly uh, transpersed with shame with uh, with. Uh, when I, when I, even when I, I, I read, I hear the word genocide because you understand that when the Armenians mm-hmm. say, pronounce the word genocide for them is a performative uh, word when uh, they 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 are they are uh, showing themselves as as victims and they want people to understand them as victims. That's shameful mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. shameful. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not sure that now, today, I can say yes. more about shame. Yes. But it's, no, but it's founding. You. It's f- founding the uh, feeling. Uh, and it's it's not finished. I will feel that and, until the end of my life. This, mm. And I am combating that. I am the... Uh, it's it's the nerve of what I've uh, written about the difference between genocide and cat- catastrophe. uh, uh it's really the nerve about this, uh, of what I am speak, saying about the ontological difference between genocide and catastrophe. But yes. let's say a few words about Blanchot and probably mm-hmm. we'll stop there. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I've written several times, uh, I would say in French, nous avons besoin d'une phenomenologie du survivant. We need a phenomenology of the survivor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Strange formulation, because uh, philosophically, uh, there is phenomenology where there is an experience. There is an experience where there is a subject. There is a subject where there is history. And uh, it's clear that the survivor is the contrary of all that. He is not the subject. The subject, what is the subject? The subject Mm -hmm. is the witness of himself. Uh, He can witness. He can witness for himself, about himself. He can bear witness and so on and so on. Uh, Then uh, it's this uh, paradoxical formulation that I nonetheless want to keep. We need a phenomenology of the survivor. And uh, of course, it will not be philosophical. Uh, it would not be philological, of course. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, And uh, it's very strange. I have never understood why the first one who produced a philology of the survivor, not philosophically, of course, was Maurice Blanchot. He did that in a series of, with his words, récits. Uh, novels, stories, short stories, uh, narratives. You know, RACI means narrative or account Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, And in particular, in that extraordinary 10 pages, the most extraordinary pages ever written by a human hand, I would say, (laughs) uh, where this page is called, in English, the madness of the day. Yes. Someone suddenly becomes a survivor. Mm -hmm. He is uh, accepted in an asylum. He works against himself. Of course, as you know, the survivor works against himself because he wants historians to speak about him constantly. That's his essence of the survivor. He is not anything else. How did Blanchot know all this? For me, Mm. until now, it's extraordinary. And the interrogators sitting in front of him tell him after he recounted his history, but they tell him, now you will come to the facts. Mm -hmm. Uh, They demand facts. They are historians, philologists, and so on. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the story, there is no story anymore. Plus de récit, plus jamais. Which is a formulation, of course, against the uh, testimony, against the the demand of testimony by by the archive, by the historians, by themselves, and so on, so on. And uh, uh, and one last word. There is this uh, last novel by uh, Blanchot, which is called The Last Man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Le Dernier Homme. And who is the last man? Who he is the one who cannot be the witness of himself. Then yes. something has been destroyed in him, which is the possibility of witnessing himself. That's the survivor. And if you ask me the question, then how? What is the what? Uh, what? How is that possible? The the uh, reflecting on uh, writing about the survivor. Uh, someone has done this. It's Maurice Blanchot in a series of novels and stories, and mm. uh, uh, we have to come back to that and to understand what is happening. But also, we have to uh, mm, write uh, again. I'm not sure that uh, literature is the good word any anymore for that. But about the the, the limit between uh, between between literature and testimony. Uh, in order again and again to experience the essence of both of them of course but at the same time to be able to say like the narrator of Maurice Blanchot no story anymore no account anymore no uh, récit anymore no testimony anymore i do not want to be the the uh, to bear witness uh, i do not want to narrativize I do not want to respond to the demand of a narrative and so on, so on. I am the absolute survivor. I am the absolute survivor. (laughs) Ah,
0: Mark, thank you. Thank you so much for this uh, extraordinarily powerful discussion of um, the many themes that uh, emerge from your book Um, and for uh, really providing new orientations uh, also uh, in, the, in the books and texts that uh, you have pointed uh, me to in the course of this conversation, yes. uh, you have just given me so much more uh, that I will now go back to reading afresh and anew so I thank you so much for your time You've been listening to Countersign. Thank you for joining me. For more information, please visit countersignisapodcast.com.